worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put the rest your peers There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd right another episode thank you for tuning in and listening to the it's canon podcast as always we are your hosts i'm boris and this time i am joined by phil hey everybody how's it going i think everyone is doing really well i hope everyone is doing really well it is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek. We talk about all things comics, all things toys, all things video games, all things movies, all things TV, all things books, all things everything. And the best part of it all is, is that it's all in canon. That's right. We have a midweek episode out a little later than normal, but for a good reason. And that's because today we finally got all of the news and info for the PlayStation 5 release, including the official release date, the official price, and funny enough, it's on sale now. So by the time you're listening to this, chances are it's sold out, but go to Best Buy, go to GameStop, go to Game EB Games, go wherever you have to go, and try to get it, because it's out now, for pre-orders, that is. Bill? What a day. So first off, to start the show, I want to thank you for running with the game, running with the show on Sunday. You guys did a pretty good job. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for giving us the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was by the seat of our pants, as I'm sure most of you could tell. But, uh, you know, there's nothing like waking up with that hour's notice and going, hey, guess what? We're going to make a show. That's what we're going to do. But it was a fun experience, and thanks to everybody for not emailing all kinds of hate my way. So I appreciate it. Thank you for for Todd from Tennessee for not emailing us, because I know he's still listening. I pluralize the audience lots in that, I'm telling you. (laughs) It's all good. So that's right. Today we have a few important items that we want to talk about. Namely, we wanted to talk about all things PlayStation 5 now that all of the news is out. And a couple other goodies. So, I think to kick things off, we will talk about the PlayStation 5. What's it going to cost? When does it launch? And when can you order it? So, as I already mentioned at the top of the show, you can probably already pre-order it now. I did it. I got my order in. So, funny enough, I'll, you know, I guess I might as well tell the story. So, it's about 8.30 p.m. now. We've been trying to record this episode for two hours. We had some uh, fun 
using some new software. And then about half an hour into the episode, well, everything crashed. I could hear Phil and Tyler. Then I couldn't. They could apparently hear me. And it was just a, a, a gong show. So we took a break. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, for shits and giggles, I'm going to go and see what I can do with this PlayStation 5. So I log onto a site of a monpaw shop here in Mississauga. I thought I got it. As soon as I put in my credit card info, the site crashes. Attempt number one. I feel like I'm trying to install Last of Us 2 as I tell this story. <laughs> Attempt number two. I went to EB Games. I'm not the biggest fan of EB Games, but, you know, these stores will get stock, especially for new releases like this. So, in order to be eligible for the pre-order, you needed to sign up way in the summer. Early in the summer, they had this pre-sale sign-up page. And then earlier this evening, you were sent a link that took you to the portal, the one-time site for this pre-launch. Well, I get in. I take a look at what's available. They have the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 5 Digital, PlayStation 5 with extra DualSense controller, and PlayStation 5 Digital with extra DualSense controller. Well, as soon as I put in my order, site crashes. Attempt number three. <laughs> I got, again, through my email, I noticed that Best Buy sent a pre-order now email. So I tried. And the first time it said, it went through, put in all my details. When I hit refresh to the next page, something happened. It was gone. I'm like, fuck, not again. <laughs> then, when I go in to enter my credentials to get into my account, it crashes. So the third time, on the third time, I was able to finally get through and order my PlayStation 5 extra edition, regular disc edition, I should say. No extra controller, just run-of-the-mill. And here in Canada, it's for $629.99. After taxes, it's going to cost you seven fifteen, ish Man. I got through. And there you go. All right. November 12th. Just so people know. November 12th in the U.S., Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and the 19th of November in the U.K. and the rest of the world. Those are the dates we're looking at for this, ladies and gentlemen. And as Boris mentioned, we have two different versions. The disc-less version ringing in at a big whopping 399 USD and the disc version ringing in at 499 plus accessory models so you know extra controllers that type of thing i'm sure we're probably going to see even other configurations if not at launch shortly thereafter i am an idiot i did not pre-order it so i'm going to be the run and gun story because i'm fairly confident in this 
COVID-19 pandemic world that somebody probably is going to bail out of their pre-order. And then the store, whichever store is in my area, is going to say, oh, you got money? Oh, we'll take that. We'll, we'll take that. And you can you can have a nice, shiny PS5 with the disc. I don't want discless. Because I think the hard drive is smaller, too, on it. So Yep. It is slightly smaller. So. Yeah. You know, with this Fury... It looks like pre-orders are going fairly well, at least in the GTA area, because as you were talking, Phil, I just went into Best Buy, and I checked. Obviously, sold out online, but sold out yep. in the stores near me. So, seems to be going yep. fairly well. Now, yep. same up here. Let's talk about numbers. A lot of numbers. Earlier this week, there were reports that... The production numbers were dipping, and this report is coming from you know analysts, as trusted or untrusted as they are, an analyst is an analyst, and people do listen to them. They have the credentials. So there was rumor and innuendo earlier this week that the production numbers were going to drop from about 14 million to 11 million. That's a big old 26% for all those people with the calculators. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, you know, that's a pretty big drop. But then Sony quickly refutes the report saying that they're still intending to go with the number that they were intending to go with, whatever that means. So we'll see what happens in terms of how many consoles they have. Yeah, the reason so, why I bring this up. Go ahead, oh, Phil. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to add a little backstory to it from what I've been seeing and hearing and reading on the internet is basically Bloomberg ran that story. Sony refuted it. However, just in case people are wondering, there is an additional rumor, possibly unfounded, so please don't take this as gospel. But Sony are really struggling with production of the chip. There's a lot on that chip. It's a difficult chip to create, to manufacture, and uh, initial reports were something like failure rates were in the 50% range. Now it's down to 25 to 35%, but all that really means is that Sony's really taken a hit on the sale of these things. They're also airstripping them to North America, so that's an additional cost to Sony to get these in stores in time for Christmas, so they're not taking the boat. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of overhead on Sony because the rumor as well is that they uh, actually dropped the price of the consoles today um, to be more competitive with Microsoft and try to beat them at the cash register for Christmas. And that really doesn't surprise me when you think about the games that they've been playing. Back in 2013, when the Xbox One and the PS4 were released, it was a game, the ultimate game of cat and mouse. And Sony eventually won that one once Xbox played their cards. And it's to me, it sounds like Sony was willing to take a hit to come into the same price range as the Xbox Series X. Yeah, and you know what? I, I know Tyler, who was on earlier and unfortunately can't join us on this recording, um, he had mentioned some numbers. And I don't know if you want us to go over those numbers, yep. but uh, 
this is a very Tylery thing, and uh, that's good, right? It's um, it's something that uh, he brings a lot of value with this kind of stuff. So just to put things in perspective, all right, on the Switch's launch, there was two point seven four million that sold. So all this right. was Xbox One. So Switch twenty sixteen. Um, and we're looking yeah. in the first season, so the first quarter or two. So this is essentially yeah. the later half of the year plus the release. So we're looking at 2.75 million consoles. Go ahead, Phil. And just remember, in, in context of that as well, that's a good point. That was a deemed hard-to-find console, and it really was because the numbers were very low. Um, 2.74 million just doesn't sound like a lot to me. I'm sure it is, but... Uh, Xbox One, December 11th, 2013, Microsoft announced that it had uh, sold approximately 2 million units in its first 18 days of sale, 3 million units for the rest of 2013 all combined, 4.2 million PS4 units had been sold through by the end of 2013. So to be honest, Microsoft was actually pretty competitive with PS4 out the gate. So, you know, so far the Xbox and the PS4... Basically, those are those are the the time captures that we have at launch. Yep, and the rumor is, you know, anywhere from eleven to fourteen million consoles will be coming out. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I have a but, feeling you know, that we're going to be seeing a lot of consoles not being sold in this pre-sale mm-hmm. window. Yeah, I think you know the COVID stuff and all that, but. I can even recall when the PSVR came out, I didn't pre-order it. I really talked myself out of it. And then it dropped, and I was just like, holy crap, I have to have this. And sure enough, I go over to an EB Games that's near me. There's also a Best Buy and a Walmart that are really an underserved area. And I could just walk in, trade in a bunch of games, and pick one up that night. So I walked out with a PSVR for 200 bucks. So it's not impossible. Like I say, a lot of people dump out of pre-orders. I can't imagine financially everyone sitting here itching to drop $700 on a console, you know, if it means that some other people at Christmas time can't have presents, that type of thing. And let's let's be honest here. This year has not been the easiest financially, so I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be willing to wait. And just remember, just because I put in the, per- the pre-order, doesn't mean that I'm going to actually pay for the console and get it between now and November, whenever they ship it. So I'm going to assume November 10, 11, um, I can drop out. I can cancel my order. So just keep trying Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, GameSpot, EB Games, wherever you can. And if Shout you out really to Microplay. Can, shout out to Microplay and all the Mon Pa shops. And if you really can... Do go out to your local ma and pa shop. Oftentimes, they have a bunch of systems for you because a lot of people never think about the, these smaller stores for such large releases. So, don't give up. Keep going. But, you know, things right now are looking pretty good for PlayStation 5. Now... As Phil mentioned earlier, there are two versions of the system. You have your standard edition with disc. And then you have your digital edition, which does not have the full um, disc. So it's discless, and it has a slightly slightly smaller hard drive. All right, Phil. You think it'd be bigger? 
You would think so. All right, Phil. What version would you get? Oh, disc all the way for me. But I like like the one feature that this PS5 has, the Xbox two Xbox's credit. Xbox One S and the Xbox One X have 4K super dra- uh, super ray drive or super blu-ray drives. So they can do the 4K ultra discs, all right? It's not a normal thing to even have a super drive external like just like a DVD player. I have one of those, but I also have the Xbox One S. And I just like to have my media on that because the audio codecs are a little cleaner. The picture isn't coming in through an internet pipe, that type of thing. It's um, it's a great way to consume media, and just the way that they dial these boxes, they you know they have the full HDR as long as you have screens that are compliant. Um, they they air in full full 4K. So it's um, it's definitely worth the hundred bucks for me to just have an extra one. Uh, that I can use, and as well, I think data throughput is pretty high on those things. So we're looking at even if you buy a disked game, load times should be fairly quick to that SSD. Yep, that's that's great. So for me, I bought the standard edition with the disk drive, and the yeah. reason for that is because number one, I you know I'm all digital, but when it comes to video games, sometimes I'd rather get physical. And the main reason for that is because I am still a fan of sharing games with friends and family. To me, that's an important part of, you know, there's a lot of games I probably would not have been able to play if I didn't get a version from someone else. So, you know, even purchasing the games themselves, I tend to go in the physical realm as opposed to digital. So, I bought the standard did. Uh, disc version what i didn't do is buy anything else so i'm literally getting the system and a controller no game you know what no extra controller that that's okay to do when you're talking about this pre-order system from a big box store but i would say if you're going to go to your local microplay or mom pa shop which a microplay's are independently kind of owned and operated. They operate under the franchise thing. But those those people, when you go in and let's say you buy the console, that's a really low markup item for those stores. And I know throughout this whole pandemic, it's been said and, and touted, you should shop local, support local, stuff like that. I really strongly urge anyone that's going into these stores to pick up accessories and games. All right? And if you can't get the console at... If you get the console at a Best Buy or an EB, that's great. But go to those mom and pa shops and order your games and your extra accessories and make sure that they feel the love because I just worry that we're just going to be a digital-only uh, argument in an argument with Amazon about their stock for the rest of our lives versus actually supporting local people and employing and and making sure that those people have money to take home to put food on the tables for their family. Yep, that's exactly it. So there you go. We'll see. Now, that being said, I do buy digital games a lot because I don't want to line up at midnight. <laughs> it's. But it, I got to say, like micro, go Microplay near me posted this whole big picture about how to do a 24-hour drive-through, like a midnight release drive-through, how to route the cars, pick up your 3D 
Nintendo game tomorrow night, the 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 Mario re-releases, and route out onto the street in a pattern. And they posted that online just so people are able to they're able to process people with a wireless payment system and get you your game at midnight, which I think is great. Yep. No, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's exactly... I'm glad that you brought that up because that's exactly what I'm going to do. I have my system now for games, accessories, anything extra I need. I'm going to go to the mom and pa shop, support them, pick up my Miles Morales, which is 65 Canadian. Seems to be about 10 to $15 less than what a regular AAA title is going to be. So, I'm happy. There you go. The beauty about today was that it was just not about the price announcement and the release date. We got mm. some news about games and services coming with your PlayStation 5. Now, one thing that you know Phil and I have talked about many times, Phil and Tyler have talked about, Boris, Phil and Tyler have talked about, it, and that's you know the lack of AAA titles that come out at release you know, when we were going down the list of PlayStation 5 release games or even release window, I should say, you know, maybe 25% of them I would think about buying. So that's just like one of the downfalls of always getting in, uh, into the system day one. So one of the big announcements here is that God of War is back. So the long-awaited <laughs> follow-up to God of War is official. We don't know much about it, but it does appear to be called Ragnarok, and that was a heavily suggested rumor, um, and it is expected to launch sometime in 2021. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think the last God of War released, probably after the last Halo, and they might tandem launch with the new Halo. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to be an ass to Microsoft, but it, it kind of made me think like, man, that studio is busting their hump, Santa Monica. Like, come on, guys. Like, holy cow. That I, I watched Alana Pierce's reaction to that tonight, and she was shocked. She she felt like she was near tears yeah. with that surprise. And it gave me chills. I was just like, oh, what a great treat. I was hoping they'd do it in the earlier kind of release because i i know a few of the guys i follow on twitter and i saw the heavily hinted at stuff but it turns out to be mostly fan stuff right yeah so i i was hoping that they'd do that that's a killer you know and the great thing about sony is that next time next year we're going to be like oh but come on what else can come out there horizon the new horizon comes out at launch window and then they follow it up with the god war and the and the miles morales game but then they can just drop on us, like, you know, a new Uncharted. There's yep. so many titles that they have that are AAA, bonafide, and these are all Sony-owned studios. So that's why Sony can take the loss on the console, take such a big hit, and just keep on walloping our wallets for years to come on these AAA next-gen titles. Yep. The other big announcement is that PlayStation Plus is getting an extra bonus. So Sony also announced the PlayStation Plus Collection, a new feature for its subscription service that lets subscribers play a huge range of classic PS4 games on their PS5. Best of all, it'll all be available at launch 
So some of the games that are going to be coming out in the, with this service, God of War, Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, Battlefield 1, Monster World, Mon- Monster Hunter World, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, The Last Guardian, Ratchet and Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat X, Persona 5, Until Dawn, and Resident Evil Biohazard. So there you go. You know, it's kind of if, hey, if you don't luck out and get games, we got you somewhat covered as long as you, you know, pay whatever those fees are. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's included with your subscription or if you have to own those games and then they show up on the new one. There's a lot of the internet still hasn't figured that out yet. Neither have we. However, I have a feeling that it's going to be a service that's basically part of your subscription and competitive with Xbox Game Pass, except on Sony's terms, right? They're just going to be like, hey, these are the games that you can play. Maybe they cycle them. Maybe they don't. I don't know what the rotation would be or the availability, but the fact that those titles are, are coming and you're going to give you a reason to really enjoy your PS5 if you're going to buy into the whole ecosystem, which I don't know why you wouldn't. It's a great value add because I, I got to say with the Microsoft in the past week making their announcements, I have been kind of catching on to what it is they're trying to do and it looks appealing. Like it really does. It's a smart move. It's a smart play what they're doing. I know it's unfortunate with Halo, but even even that said, Again, watching someone who's an Xbox connoisseur in Atlanta, and I know she likes both systems, but she's pretty outspoken about how awesome Xbox is. She has another show on Xbox. Um, She was even like just amazed by the graphics of the PS5, the ray tracing, the, um, the reflections, all that stuff. She was just like sitting there just remarking upon how beautiful it was. And I also really like the touch that Sony had about displaying because they announced a new Final Fantasy and they put on there that this is a PC playing the Final Fantasy game with a PS5 emulator. And then the games that were on the PS5, they actually made the note, this was filmed on a PS5. Yeah. Whereas Sony's keep on getting, or, or Microsoft keep on getting caught with their hands in the cookie jar and then afterwards we find out, well, that Halo Infinite, you know, blah, 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 was actually on a PC. <laughs> so it wasn't even Xbox hardware. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's exactly it. So Final Fantasy 16 was also announced for PlayStation and PC. We don't know much about more, much more about it other than the fact that it's going to be out. Um, but we did see the debut trailer with a bunch of familiar sites like Chocobos, Crystals, World Magic Spells, etc., so that's that. We got an in-depth look at Spider-Man Miles Morales. So that's going to be really cool and exciting. Uh, we got the first look at the long rumen, rumored open world Harry Potter game. So mm-hmm. if you're a Harry Potter fan, have fun. It's launching next year. We also got a look at Resident Evil Village. Holy shit. That looks interestingly good. Uh, you know what? I watched that whole thing. I didn't get excited except for God of War. Yeah, I got more excited off the initial release of games and gameplay with cats. And there was some stuff that was really offbeat where I was just like, oh, man, that, that could be fun. I don't know if, if it's well done. It could be fun. You know, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. 
But the games today, I don't know. Final Fantasy 16 feels like Final Fantasy 15, which feels like Final Fantasy 14. Like, I just don't see a huge step forward. It's just an exclusive title with a dedicated fan base. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mine, mine the gold you got. Square Enix is going to pull up their limousine and say, "Put money in it, and we'll do this for you." That go for it, you know. Obviously, but I didn't feel inspired by today's game showcase. To be yeah. honest, I I don't know. Clearly, I have to was, go back and review it. Yeah, clearly it was more about the system and anything else, and everything else was kind of extra. It's like, hey, we're throwing XYZ at you, too, because we also saw Devil May Cry 5 getting a special edition, another version of Five Nights at Freddy's, um, and we got a better look at the Demon's Souls remaster. So, yeah, you're right. In terms of, like, games themselves, I think the biggest thing was God of War and Spider-Man. Final Fantasy was a nice little surprise. Um, Resident Evil was kind of cool, but yeah, no, for me, it was more about finally, you know, getting that confirmation on that November 12th date that you, we were talking yeah. about for a while and the price point, which we knew was going to be equal then, if not lower than the Xbox. Well, we hoped. <laughs> yeah, we, we hoped. But we, we kind of had a good idea just based on the cat and mouse game that they played back in 2013. Like what we saw today was Sony flexing. Right, they didn't show the Horizon Two. They didn't show a lot of the stuff they showed the first time around. They they fleshed out or gave what was a hat tip to a potential game coming out. They showed gameplay this time. So this is Sony flexing over the strength of their developers. That's it. It's a straight up aggro war with Microsoft to keep on displaying, and then they even dared. To say to Microsoft, oh, you got Xbox Game Pass? Oh, guess what? We got our service, too. And we made improvements to it. And it's going to be next gen. And it's going to be, you know, this ain't nothing to slough at. This is this is real. This is a real consumer's win battle. And I don't mean that, you know, I don't mean that Xbox sucks and PlayStation's awesome or vice versa. I'm saying if you're a fan of either of those consoles and you're listening to the show, you win. You know? Go out, buy the system that you want. They're all good. But go with what your friends are going to be playing on and have fun, man. Like, that's more than anything in this world right now. I think that that escape, we've always talked about how amazing video games are for developing the the mind and the experience. Go out there and enjoy it. Have fun. Exactly. And I think that's a perfect way of kind of ending this little segment about the PlayStation 5. Do what you want, play, have fun, don't worry about any stupid stigmas, and really, if you're listening <laughs> to the show, chances are you don't, but do you do you, you know, that's really, that's what it comes down to. Speaking of Boris and Phil doing Boris and Phil, yesterday, we finally got the first trailer <laughs> of The Mandalorian Season 2. Ah. Uh, Within yes. minutes, people were literally like taking screenshots of of, of, of second per second per second. Um, it was amazing. So many rumors, and I'm loving every oh. second of it. Phil, it's go ahead. so Star Wars, so Star Wars. Yesterday, I know I just looked down at my phone and I'm like, 
Oh, I got to send this to the guys. <laughs> this is it. Like it's out. It's, it's less than three minutes in this world. And, uh, and then I watched it and yeah, I love days like that as a star Wars fan. Like I'll never forget, um, force awakens trailer, like, especially with the advent of the internet, like that's where you can just really deconstruct like a teaser into basically like a, for a lot of these content creators, like a two hour show. And it was so funny because the night before we were convinced it's coming out during the NFL Monday night football game. And like, I saw so many live streams, like star Wars theory, shout out to him where they're like, just doing a countdown. The guy's just sitting there playing Knights of the old Republic with like thousands of people watching him waiting for this trailer just so he could talk about it. Right. And, and then he slept in the next day and missed the trailer. <laughs> love that. I love that so much, but what are your initial thoughts? You know, it got, it, you know, I got to say it got me pretty excited. The Mandalorian is by far the best thing that Disney has done with star Wars. You know, and I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I'm also happy again that this takes us away from the Skywalker saga, the Skywalker family. Uh, one thing I am a little nervous about, though, is all the talk and inclusion of Jedi's. But we'll see yeah. where this takes us. But overall, I'm actually really super excited. I'm excited by it, but I thought the trailer kind of sucked. I know that isn't what you expected, no. but I was expecting, well, it, it, it's it's not even that I set an expectation. I wanted it to excite me more. I just found that there was a lot of dead space in this. The majority of what we hear is a speech made by the, the Mandalorian metalsmith about returning the child to its origins, you know, setting the tone. I'm fine with that, but there was no new dialogue. There was very little except for the, the, the Star Wars quips, right? The images were vague at best. Ahsoka wasn't in the trailer, which was heavily rumored. I'm not too upset about her not being in it because my understanding is it's a very limited appearance anyway to launch her own show is the intention. Um, I just found that, you know, when the majority of your trailer is monologued by last season talking and then the 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 highlight of the trailer is pure darkness yeah it's a weird trailer like that's it wets your whistle for sure it gets you excited enough to to um you know to go i'm not walking away from this but it's just a weird trailer it it it's masterful in its manipulation so congrats disney yep. i'm not gonna say it's bad i just didn't think it was great yep if that makes sense. I got super excited with a couple of the images. Boats. It's rare that we see mm -hmm. boats in the Star Wars universe. You know, on actually like on screen. But I got super excited when we saw the X-Wings. I'm like, oh shit. What's going to happen now? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so and some it, of those images were like really exciting to see. But I get your yeah. overall sentiment. And let's be honest. Yeah. This is a teaser trailer. We're still a month and a half away from release. So we'll see. It was fun seeing those speeder bikes go off the cliff. That's you know, it, yeah. There was and the Gamorrean guards fighting in the pit and stuff like that. There's definitely hints at, at some stuff that I hope, you know, they're obviously going to expand on. Um, and the child looks a little more mature, I guess. Um, 
there are elements, you know, like I say, I'm certainly not giving up on it, but I'm excited to see the season. I was hoping to see a little more. That's all. Yep. It, uh, it's going to be fun. Now, you know, on a side thing on that, I know we've reported on this in the past. There's lots of rumors. And I know we've talked about there possibly being a, a person who said that they know of some disruption on the set and they weren't going to say it. Um, well, it turns out she came out and she said it and she basically said that Pedro Pascal is being a really disruptive force in the filming of season two. Now, for people who don't know, they brought Pedro in really late in season one. So mainly the, the Mandalorian was portrayed by two different stunt doubles and Pedro was spotted in in a few scenes mostly the scene with his helmet coming off and did the voice work um this season i guess he in the off season he it was it was known that he was uh trying to get more face time in this season and he was also trying to negotiate a better contract which i think is core to this overall and he's apparently made some kind of disruption on the set where he said, I want more time with my helmet off. He thought that they sorted it out. Basically, John and, and Dave told him, no, this is the deal. You, you know, we need you to put the armor on. He said, I don't want to wear the armor. I don't want to wear the helmet. I want more Pedro time. I got to, I got to, if I'm going to play this role, I want, I want to make cash off of it. I want better money. I want all this stuff. They told him, no, this is contractually what you're supposed to do. And then he went behind the backs, went to Kathleen and brought Kathleen in. I guess that created a little bit of conflict or friction between John and Kathleen, which has been rumored as its own separate thing, but this might be the source of it. Even though if you watch Disney gallery, John's side-eyeing Kathleen an awful lot in that when they're, when she's at the table, I could not help but feel that there was tension. And I thought maybe I'm inventing that. Maybe I am, but anyhow, uh, apparently they told Pedro to just basically get off the set. So he left. Yep. And that means that the second part of the season, um, is still in some kind of editing cycle slash reshoot. And there's a possibility that they're preparing to dismiss the character, either have someone else play him, but I don't think contractually they're allowed to do that. I don't know what the, the rules are. As far as the character and pronouncing, you know, an actor being it and then having someone else come in and play it. I don't know if they even want to chase that down. So the idea is, is that the, um, the cloaked figure in the trailer would be Sabine Wren, supposedly. She's a Mandalorian from Rebels. And she may take the child, have a motherly aspect to her, and still remain the Mandalorian show because she's a Mandalorian. And then there's all kinds of ties as well, right? On the rumor side, is Sabine looking for Ezra? Does that bring their their travels together and bring them to, is that Ice Planet Ilum? And as well, for people who are listening really closely, we got the Jedi Fallen Order music opening up the episode. So there's lots of gooey stuff happening with other Star Wars properties, which is kind of cool. It is really cool. What's your reaction? To, to what? There's, All of it. Um, the gooey. The, the, the rumor. The rumor is the rumor. 
you know, until we see something actually happen, you know, I'm not going to really say much to it. However, I know that, you know, during award season, The Mandalorian, as many awards as it was nominated for, there's no way that they can get like a Best Actor Award um, because there are rules over FaceTime. So I can see mm. that causing an issue and a rift, especially, you know, when it comes to money. So if I'm not going to be able to win any awards, you know, I might as well be well compensated. So I can, you know, th- yeah. where there's smoke, there's fire type was what I'm trying to say. I don't know what the details are. This also goes hand in hand with a lot of the Kathleen Kennedy being removed rumors or leaving rumors. So, you know, it's hard to really speculate, but I'm sure that, we, you know, within the next six months, year, we're going to be seeing some changes at Disney um, and some of these properties. So we'll keep a very close eye on that and we'll report back and give the it. truth always comes out. Right? Exactly. Like, that's, that's the beauty. That's what we're going to see. Exactly. So we'll see. But overall, I'm excited. Really, um, you know, what more can I really say? It was just a two-minute trailer. We've spent about, uh, what now, 11 minutes talking about a two-minute trailer. So what more can we say, right? Well, I'm I'm disappointed in our Star Wars fandom there. It should be like two hours. (laughs) Well, that's that's where we are different from other podcasts, right? We kind of don't beat a dead horse too much. I hope not. I tried once. It wasn't fun. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, Phil. Those are the two things we wanted to talk about. Anything else you want to bring up? No, I'm I'm sure, you know what, on future episodes, as news develops, we're going to be talking about this stuff a lot, especially the PS5 um, and the Xbox uh, Series S and X. Which sounds like sex and discless sounds like deckless. And I don't know. There's so many deviant ways of, of saying all this stuff, but it's our new vernacular. We're going to be talking about it for a while. I'm excited. You know, video games are going to be hot, 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 hot. Along with uh, October 30th for the Mandalorian season two premiere on Disney plus. That's it's right. Be fun. It's going to be a very fun couple months. That's for sure. There's a lot of things coming out, a lot of content coming out, a lot of video games. It's going to be really cool to kind of see where we land with all of this. So we want to hear what you think as the listener. And Phil, how about you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us? You got it. You can find us on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can look us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you find and use podcasts. If you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. And uh, it's only made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for your support. Please feel free to contact us. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us some info. Feedback. Opinion. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. So that's it for today. We will be recording another episode this weekend where we will talk about my thoughts on the live action version of Mulan. Woo. It's better not miss it. 
And that's everything for the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, we talk about all things comic, all things toys, all things video games, all things books, all things movies, all things everything. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? I'm hearing somewhere on the internet that apparently it's all in canon, my friend. That's right. I'm Boris. He's Phil. That's everything. Peace out. Finally got that done. Yeah. Another one down.